Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to Off The Bench. Yes, good morning and welcome to Off The Bench on this Saturday morning. Plenty of footy going around the countryside. Looking forward to that. Paul Hayes will be in the chair with Carl Langdon, the superstar from the West Coast Eagles. How do you feel about being called a superstar, Carl? <laughs> it makes me laugh, you know, because uh, I was far from a superstar, Hayes. I used to I used to love uh, the, the theatre and the stage. And um, as you probably am well and truly aware, when you were a young bloke, I had bleach blonde hair. Uh, that was a, originally a bet, but then it became a bit of a gimmick. And, mate, I could get, I could get very quickly 60 or 70,000 Collingwood fans just giving it to me. And that actually gave me power because the most powerful motivation in the world is negative motivation. Mm. There's always these people telling you what you can't do. And, um, mate, I, because I wasn't that good, I used to try and go as hard as I could. And if I wasn't going to win, then I'd take as many of them with me. You did a pretty good job, mate. There's no doubt about that. You did play in a winning grand final, which makes you a premiership player. Mm. Now, story going around, and it's been going around for a long time, Twilight Grand Final. It seems the AFL is keen to explore this further. Personally, I want it. I like it. I used to love playing at night more than I did during the day, and I think it would be better for the entertainment entertainment component. I know you don't agree with the entertainment component because you think the grand final is the entertainment, but are you open to a twilight grand final? No, I'm not. Um, I'm not open, Hayes. I feel that from my perspective that if you uh, make it a twilight grand final, uh, so what, what time does it start when it goes into this sort of scenario. So you're going from daytime to nighttime. So 4.40, I Or are the say. lights going to be on in this transitional uh, situation? See, look, I, and I don't know about you, but I, I see it all the time, and I know that we've got a new lighting system here in the West now at the new Optus Stadium, um, and there have been issues with light already there from players that I've spoken to who, where the light has got in their eyes. But, mate, those light towers, mate, you don't have – that issue, other than when it gets in the sun, I suppose, in a setting sun. So I suppose during the day you do have that scenario. But when you've got children who you want to expose the game to, if it goes too late in the evening, are we starving out generations of children from watching the game? Because my feeling is we want to expose as many of those people, families and so on, to the game, the picnics in the afternoon, the lunchtime barbecues and all that sort of stuff. And I reckon a lot of that would go away. I don't know. I don't know what you think it, it about that. It works well here for WA, though. If they'd go to a twilight, it means it's here at 2.20. There's no issue with that in WA. Mm-hmm. Over there, a bit different. But let's be honest, nighttime crowds generally draw the biggest crowds, don't they? Friday mm, nights, pretty not really. big. Not all the time. Yesterday, we yesterday was pretty big. Day one. Uh, 
Um, yeah. So, yeah, look, it's interesting to go through that. But I think it's a matter of time until they trial it. I wouldn't mind you seeing it. If we like no, they it, want to do we it. can always change I'll, it back. I'll t- I'll, well, they won't change it back. I'll tell you why it's going to happen. Because it will be successful. Well, and it's good for broadcasters too, well, let's be Well, that's honest. why it's going to happen. Now you're pushing the right But if rain. there is more money, isn't that better for the industry as a whole? Oh, well, it's not more money for the industry because the industry has already received the money. It's about the broadcaster. Mm. And there's no doubt that the broadcaster has wanted Twilight Grand Finals for a while and they've been pushing very hard for it. But the AFL have always been sticklers for tradition. That's why we still have a bounce that we should have gotten rid of. And it's why we still have a day grand final. But there is no doubt in the world that for the broadcasters, which are Channel 7 and Foxtel, who pay all the money, and let's face it, if they're going to pay that amount of money and for us in the future want to get a better broadcast rights deal, they'll make that shift and they will make it a Twilight Grand Final without doubt, I'd suggest. Right, I will move and on. And this year. Big game and you've done a lot of work this week. We've spoken a lot throughout the week about the Ross Glendening medal, but I want to talk about Western Derbies in general. I'm putting you on the spot. Your greatest Western Derby moment and your greatest performance by an individual across all those winners that there's been. What do you believe is the greatest derby moment in your mind and the best individual performance across that time? Well, I never played in a derby, Hayes. I was injured uh, in 1995 when uh, the derbies were created. Uh, So I only played a couple of games that year, both at AFL and WAFL level. But uh, I have broadcast uh, every game since 1996. And the games that stick in my mind uh, would, would, would... The demolition derby is the game that sticks in my mind. Because really, from that point on, Fremantle arrived. They arrived in the physical stakes. It was like, and because, and you you had been in the environment, and, and, and you'd heard all the talk, because they'd been the little brother down the road, and Mick Moldash used to say that, that mob down the road. Hmm. When, when I was in the inner sanctum, it was never Fremantle. Yep. The Fremantle word was never said. So it was always this mob down the road. So the mob down the road, and we were finally that second day, fiddle, weren't yeah, we? Yeah. Finally that day grew up. And, um, you know, the, the, the Reed and, and Kick It Blue, uh, he got weeks for it, Kick there's, uh, there's, uh, you know, that, that's always stuck in my mind. And of course, uh, Clive Waterhouse's performance at that time too. And, uh, retrospectively, I'm not a voter, but retrospectively, I'm sure that he will receive a Ross Glendening medal on the back of that performance. I'm going to throw in the clash from Sean McManus and David Weirapunda. That was oh, a beauty. Was and the individual performance of Matthew Pavlich when he kicked eight goals on Eric McKenzie and Mitch Brown. That was a fair performance in that derby. He won the medal. We'll be back with a sports wrap for Tourism WA next. You're listening to Off the Bench. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Carl Langdon, Paul Hazelby here on a Saturday morning. Now time for the sports wrap for Tourism WA. Make sure you book your Optus Stadium AFL package now. Going to turn our attention to a bit of cricket, Carl. And Cricket Australia came out recently and said they're not going to investigate any wrongdoing from the Aussies in the Ashes in regards to ball, ball tampering. Sorry, Alistair Cook was very strong that he believed through this period that they may have done something wrong through the Ashes, but Cricket Australia have ruled that out. Is that the right decision from them or do we want to get to the bottom of how far this ball tampering saga went? Cricket Australia don't want to get to the bottom of anything mate (laughs) there is no way that they want to investigate it any further than they already have which is why all the dialogue has been around day three at the uh, what the fifth 
test was it mm. the fifth or fourth test over there in Durban that's why all of the all of the statements that have been prepared and made by the three blokes that have been penalized Bancroft Smith and Warner and Cricket Australia since will not investigate any further they've set up this little panel on the side which has Rick McCosker at the head of it now he's a former Australian cricketer himself whilst he works away from the game so they think that's independent well it's not independent he's not an independent person he's ingrained in the game and he knows a lot of those that are working in the game um, Greg Chapel uh, and he are confidants. So, uh, and he's a, a good friend of Rod Marsh, who's now out of the system, but still closely associated. So, and Trevor Hones, of course, who heads up uh, one of the senior jobs in the game. So, mate, they don't want to dig any further than they have to. Are you confident individually that nothing went wrong to suggest no, that tampered, mate. they like, did prior like, to this game? With, without doubt, yeah. without doubt, mark my words, without doubt. There was more than just those three blokes that were involved. Now, foolishly, uh, they were caught out, and in the end, in the end, only those three players have been used, and I've said this before, only those three players have been used as scapegoats. Hmm. They've been used as scapegoats to send a message so that the, then everybody else can pull their heads in. And uh, predominantly, not only in Australian cricket, where I'm sure and uh, convinced that it's been going on, but other parts of the world. And now the ICC are looking at this scenario and making uh, their own, hopefully, changes to make it more uh, a more serious uh, charge, so to speak, rather than just one game. Um, and hopefully in other parts of the world, they too will stand up and, and make the same sort of stand that Australian cricket have. Sticking with cricket, do you think this week will be the week that it is announced that Justin Langer is the coach of Australia? Is it a foregone conclusion that it will happen definitely? Or do no. you think there is other guys in the mix? Oh, like there's no, no doubt. Ponting, Gillespie? Yeah, without doubt, I think that, and they should be. I just don't think that um, you should just say, oh, well, Justin, here's the job, even though he's got a good track record. But so does Dizzy Gillespie. Dizzy Gillespie was uh, working really hard full-time in the game, stepped away, came back. You could say he's got a better record than Justin Langer. Justin hasn't won much outside of. He won the Matador Cup with the one-day series this year and the Big Bash. Yeah. Sheffield Shield hasn't been great, though, Look, for it's WA. Not, it's not just about winning things. And Sheffield Shields are hard to win. So, and we've had a lot of injuries over here. And, you know, they're all excuses, I know. But the bottom line is about developing players. And I think when you have a look at the Australian cricket uh, contracts list right now, there's more West Australians on that list than any other state. I know that there's a couple of New South Welshmen who are on the sidelines, but there's a WA boy there too. So even if you brought Bancroft back in and the two uh, from New South Wales, Smith and Warner, WA still have more players on that contracts list. So I think you've got to look at it from a development perspective and who he's been able to uh, bring through the system and... Uh, um, yeah, that's that's to me someone who's been able to get people working all together in the right direction. Did you like the coverage of the Big Bash? I thought it was good. I thought it rejuvenated the cricket landscape. Channel 9 had had the role with the test for so long. When you see the new relaxed commentary team, well, David Barham was announced this week. He's been the big signing for Channel 7 across to Channel 10 to head up that coverage. Does that excite you? Uh, so he's come from 10 to 7. Mm, so he's the one that was responsible for delivering the Big Bash, has now been picked up from Channel 7. Yeah, I think that there has to be some uh, uh, you know, credit given to the great job that they did, mate. I mean, yeah, it was good seeing Gilly and, and Ricky Ponting and those sorts of blokes in that casual environment. They integrated women into the coverage, which I think is something that um, all sports broadcasters have been trying to do, and I think that they did that part pretty well. Obviously, we had the issue with uh, the big fella from the West Indies and having a crack at uh, Mel McLaughlin down there on the mm. boundary line, but other than that, mate, it's been pretty good. Do you think Dennis Cometti's a chance to come Dennis back Cometti, and do I that I hear role? he is. Yeah. I hear he is, yeah. What about and Basil Zemplis? Can he call cricket? The snout? Uh, he can call anything. <laughs> yeah.
yeah, yeah. He can if he can call swimming, mate, and uh, and speed skating like he did with uh, Stephen Bradbury. Go across the line, goal for Australia. Everyone else fell over. Yeah, he can call that. No he can do anything, that. Basil yeah. Zemblis. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Well, we've got to move on. Let's now move on to the dig. That'll be next. But before we do that, book your Optus Stadium AFL package at tarza.com.au forward slash AFL in Perth. We'll be back next with the dig. You're listening to Off the Bench. On Off the Bench, The Dig. For information on safe excavation practices, visit Dial Before You Dig at 1100.com.au. Yes, my favourite segment of the week, Dial Before You Dig, the essential first step. We get to go off the long run and have a go at someone. I'm going to start it. I'm going to have a go at my own. The Fremantle Football Club and the way that you handled the Ross Glendening situation was appalling. It was disrespectful to an absolute icon of WA in Ross Glendening. And you should have done it differently. In the end, look, you get the outcome that you wanted, but it should have been done prior to the season commencing, not the week of. And to try and hide behind commercialism, that was the biggest disappointment from my old football club card. Well, they forgot uh, one thing, is that uh, they forgot about all the other stakeholders in the game here in Western Australia. They forgot about us, the media, who had voted on that award. They forgot about the past winners, which includes yourself, a four-time winner of the Ross Glendenny Medal. They forgot about the West Australian Football Commission, and they forgot about the West Coast Eagles, and and uh, more importantly, they forgot about Ross Glendening when they decided to just throw that medal in the bin. And I'm just glad that with uh, the uh, all the other uh, people in the business here in in Western Australia that we've come to an amicable solution. And it has been, as you have pointed out, handled uh, in a very poor way, an irrational decision. It hasn't been administered in the right way. And look, they're still going to have to go through a process, Fremantle, to get this across the line with the name change. And if things fall down, there's, you know, there's, there's still a possibility that it might not change into the future unless they, they get their house in order. But, uh, yeah, I, I would, I would suggest that there's a little bit going on behind the scenes down at Fremantle on the back of the way that that's been handled this week. Oh, we wait to hear more details about that in the coming weeks. My other dig, Carl, is I was watching TV last weekend, and on Channel 9, there's actually some criticism directed at Michael Shelley. Now, he was the gold medal winner of the marathon where the Scottish runner actually collapsed in front of him. And there was people ringing up, and also the commentators, suggesting that he should actually stop and help the Scottish runner. Now, that is absolutely absurd for me, because he's just run 40 kilometres. He's exhausted himself. If he stops, he then runs the risk of, you know, being in a similar situation as the fallen runner. I just couldn't believe that the media personnel suggested that that would have been an iconic moment had he stopped. No, you do all the training to win and the rules are that if you touch another athlete or get help from anybody else, you're out of the competition. Now, this guy's been around for a number of years working his way to win a Commonwealth gold medal and there was already people around him, wasn't he, the fallen runner from Scotland that could have helped him. That is just ludicrous to think that he should have stopped. Mate, what was a disgrace in that scenario, if we're really going to have a dig, mm. right, is that there was no medical official and it took 12 minutes before anybody of any medical capability, whilst there were fans there taking pictures and saying, come on, mate, get up, get up. No one, as you said, was prepared to step over and help the bloke out. And for 12 minutes to pass before someone from the uh, the the uh, Commonwealth Games, an official capacity... Mate, that's just not good enough. And and to blame it on another athlete is disgraceful. All right. What's your other dig? What do you mean, what's my other dig? Well, I'll tell you my last dig, right? Righto. The reporting around Sam Pell Pepper. 
Mm. And we've seen very passionately David Kosh come out this week He's and have, a, up, have a go uh, at uh, at media and basically have a go at his own organisation. Because let's face it, the facts that were portrayed on Channel 7 were false. They weren't correct. It was fiction, not fact. Mm. So what's – and this is where you've got to be very careful, and you and I understand because we have to have legal uh, meetings all of the time when it comes to what we can and can't say about people on this radio station. So this is something that – is and should still happen behind the scenes, is that you cannot get away with dragging someone's name through the mud when it's not true. And so um, you've had things dragged out when it mm. shouldn't have been shown, so you, you take action. Mate, it's not good enough. It's not good enough to have people who sit behind microphones with cameras and to tell stories that aren't factually correct. Not fair on the individual because they don't go away, do they? You Google no. my name, you see what comes up every time. And, and- before any investigation, mm. no criminal charges, Hayes. And so for all of those reasons, Sam Pepper and his management team and those that are supporting him should take action against all those that did wrong. Innocent until proven guilty. I think we all deserve that opportunity in life. We're now going to take another break and we'll be back to preview the rest of the AFL games coming up. But make sure... You dial before you dig. Don't dig yourself into a hole. Lodge a free dial before you dig inquiry. You're listening to Off the Bench. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Time now to get into the rest of the weekend's AFL games. It kicked off last night with a beauty between the Western Bulldogs and the Carlton Blues. Today, Carl, we've got the Cats taking on the Sydney Swans. The Cats with some concerns. The Swans with some concerns. I give both teams a chance in this one, but I am going to stick with the Cats. Mate, you always give every team a chance when they head down to Geelong, mate. And and 99% of the time, teams head down to Geelong and they don't win. Sydney have a good record down there, though, of late. Mate, most teams head down to Geelong and don't win. So, I and look, with no Lance Franklin in that side, they're a four-goal uh, worse team. Last week, they got a nice old touch-up from Adelaide. And Hanbury goes out as well. And I know Menzel's missing from Geelong, but I think essentially that the midfield is where this battle is going to be won. And uh, I think that the Cats are, are chiming along pretty nicely in that area. Scotty Selwood's gotten over his concussion, so he will play. Uh, Joel, and that's good to see. Uh, well, he's named, but, um, and it looks like that he's gotten over it. And Joel Selwood got off his suspension during the week, so they had a little bit of luck go their way. So Cats for me, easy. One of the games of the round, North Melbourne taking on Port Adelaide. That's later today. I'm excited about this one. And I like what North Melbourne are doing. Port Adelaide have dropped. Two in a row since Sam Powell Pepper's gone out. Massive game in Melbourne for them. I'm going to go with Port Adelaide here, but I wouldn't be surprised if North Melbourne beat them easily. Well, you know that humble pie you and I continue mm. to talk about here. There's um, a couple of people on the East Coast who had North Melbourne and uh, the um, West Coast Eagles as their bottom two teams, yeah. as wooden spooners. Well, Robert Walls came out about West Coast Eagles and said they're going to finish down the bottom up yeah. to round one. He was way off. Yeah. He, he, he's like he's he's like mm. a puppet at the moment. He's he got is. people pulling his strings. But look, in the end, North are playing a good brand of footy. But Port Power at the start of the year, I had them in my top four. So and look, Paddy Ryder. No one's spoken much about Paddy Ryder, yeah, but since true. he's gone out of the side, they've become a little bit more up and down. Hartlett goes out for the rest of the year, so that's a, a big loss for them. Um, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the power only because I tipped him at the start of the year. And North are playing a good brand though. They need more out of Tom Rockcliffe, their new recruit. The Giants they beat the Brisbane Lions, yes. don't they? 
Hawks and St Kilda. This one is very interesting tonight. I give St Kilda a real chance here. I think the Hawks are now getting tested with their depth and Saints played some better footy. It's just about consistency for them. Yeah, Sean Burr going back. Sicily suspended. Shields injured. So he's been a real barometer inside, feeding mm. the ball out, tackling machine. And uh, St Kilda, if they can play like they did last week, they're right in the contest. So who are you going for? St Kilda. Yeah, I think they're a chance too. I'm going to go with the Saints. Adelaide taking on Gold Coast Suns at home. They should get that done after the Gold Coast Suns had a win last week and they would be extremely happy with their three wins out of their first five. Yeah. Um, can you throw your wallet open for Essendon and, uh, and Melbourne? I want to get a coin out. Right, It's Oregon pretty like tough, that. isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Four-day break for Essendon. Heaps of changes. Five-day break for Melbourne. Heaps just, of changes. Yes. Teams and... Rested. Mm. What about rested? Myers and Bell Chambers just been rested. Yeah. Too tired. It's not Can't ideal play. situation, is it? Can't play four days best players apart. rested with this. Maybe there's more to it. I can't pick it. Throw the coin. Yeah, that's what I said. Throw the coin over. I don't have any money, Carl, today with coins, so I'm going to say Hang Melbourne. Hang on. Head, uh, yeah, let's head, do it. Heads Essendon or tail. Ready? Tails Melbourne. There it is. There's Heads. the spin. Heads, we're going for the Bombers. Oh, that's not the real one I really wanted, but we'll stick with the Bombers there. <laughs> Match of the round. And who would have thought? Collingwood are getting some relevance back. Nathan Buckley has got them firing at the moment. They take on the Tigers, who are firing. And given the Tigers have had a day's extra break, I'm going to stick with them against Collingwood. Well, mate, they're on top of the table and they're mm. the defending champions, so you've got to go to the Tigers. All right, we finished with the Western Derby. Looking Ooh. forward to this one. There's been so many good clashes. Western Derby, number 47. Oh, it's going to be one through the midfield. There's no doubt about that. Matchups are plenty everywhere, Carl. There's always significant matchups. Oh, it's hard to pick. Can I get that coin back? Uh, yep. Sure. Okay. Here you go. I'll throw it over. Righto. I'm going to go. Flip of the coin. Here we go. Eagles. His heads, tails, his dockers. It's Eagles with the heads. Right, I'm going for Eagles, and I'm going for Gaff to win a Ross Glendening medal and join uh, and join you in the in the clubhouse. You'll be the final Ross Glendening medalist, maybe. We wait for more details, but what a week it's been! Thank you for joining us on this Saturday morning. We're going to be back next week to do it all again. This was off the bench. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.